This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, he just wants this long nightmare to be over. It's Mitch Doyle. Good day, everybody. And uh, another win for the Dragons, Dale Roots. What is going on? It's, it's just a good time to be you, really. No, it, oh, He's talking well, about I mean, us more referring to him actually being a Dragons fan. What is going on? Yeah, with us? Gonna, no, that, the second Allegedly. part is incorrect. The well, no, first part well, is I, I had to, I had to separate him as a Dragons fan today because we actually have a fully bona fide Raiders fan with us today. Uh, the fourth man in, uh, Mezit underscore Ozil, aka Dave. Welcome to the show. Welcome, fellas. How's it going? Good, mate. And so, uh, you... I feel like the la- the longer we go into this podcast, the more bona fide he's about to be. So, <laughs> ap- apologies if there's any noises in the background. Yeah. So Dave will be with us as we record a few podcasts for you today. But first up, we're going to be doing one pretty close to his heart, the um, Dirty Polo special. Sorry? We're just going to talk about the Dirty Polo the for forty five minutes. For 40 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> oh man, it, it, it... we're going to read his tweets again. <laughs> do, we, do we? I mean, do we have a single listener that wouldn't know about that? You can explain uh, it at the end, Dave, if there's time. Yeah, I was going to say. There'll be, there'll be patrons that don't have Twitter. I'm sure someone will ask him a question about yeah. it. Anyway. People don't have Twitter listen to this podcast. A few, yeah. surprisingly. Yeah, I know, they, right? Okay, Dale's mum. Yeah. No, Dale's, we, we Dale's get a few dad, Facebook co- Dale's messages dad, every now and again. Actually, we did get that one of your friends is a patron bunger that blew my mind that I got a, they got a, a patron who pays us money that I never heard of before. That was a yep. thing. There's like three of those. All yeah. about it. And Good job. Yeah, we appreciate those three of you. As for Dave, who pays us money, we do know him. We expect it. <laughs> yes. Um, So we will be uh, tackling the Canberra Raiders and St. George Illawarra Dragons rivalry. A very lopsided rivalry, that is, between 2003 and 2013. The Dragons only won once in 2007. And we're going to sort of centre it around that amazing 2011 Monday Night Football game uh, where uh, the Raiders won 24 to 19 and sort of go from there. So, I mean, before we jump into that game, there's some crazy stats about some of these guys. Like... I mean, Terry Campisi retired undefeated against the Dragons, winning 7 out of 7. Tom Leroy Lars also undefeated 6 out of 6. Adam Mogg, 6 out of 6. And the flip side of the above, Dean Young retired, never beating the Raiders, losing 10 out of 10. Matt Cooper was 1 win, 1 draw, and 11 losses from his 13 games against the Raiders. Um, so, yeah, there was, there was a bunch. Of, it's just crazy, Dave, because for most of those years, no disrespect, Canberra were not very good, and the Dragons were one of the better teams in the competition, winning a premiership in that time as well. Yeah, they were complete garbage. Like, there was some of the seasons, and, like, I'll talk about it in a minute, but the 2011 season in particular is insane, the fact that the Raiders beat the Dragons in this game. Like, so here we go. So first, win, first game of the season, big win against the Sharks. Then the they Sharks, lose... The Sharks who were hot trash. Yeah. <laughs> then the Raiders... <laughs> Lose eight games in a row. Yes. In that eight games is the Titans game, the Matt Orford game, where he dropped the ball from the back of the base of the scrum. They go and score, losing golden points. Someone keyed Matt Orford's car out the front of Canberra Stadium. Someone. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and we're on our first confession. You, so there we you go. know, you know a lot about that day for, for <laughs> someone who wasn't there. <laughs> and then at the end of that eight game streak, we beat Melbourne in Melbourne, which was just insane. Then there's two of the roughest weeks you'll ever see. So. Uh, up 22 nil after 20 minutes against the Cowboys at home and lost 40 to 24. Is that not peak like, you know, early? Like, no, it was 2011, but yeah. it's like that's around that time. That is both the Cowboys and Raiders' result of that period. The Cowboys yeah. not turning up for the first half and winning, and the Raiders blowing a result like that. That is like yeah. so much what defined your team's errors in that period. Next week was a flip side of that. We're down 24 nil at Suncorp. It gets back to 24 all, and we're losing Golden Point. And then there was a couple more weeks, and then this game, the, the, the Dragons game, where I think at the time the Raiders were sitting 13th yeah, or something were, like that. They were equal second last. I think they only had like 12 
12 or 13 points at that point of the season. Yeah. And I think they were equal with... I think they were equal with North Queensland or Cronulla and then the Titans were last, but the Titans were not very good. Um, or maybe it was the Cowboys that were last, but they were they were definitely equal second last. And they were, as you said, coming off a rough trot. Mm. And on the flip side, from memory, the Dragons were on a hot run. Like, they they had done... I think they came off the back of a Sharks win the week prior to this match in Canberra. They had the week uh, the bye the week before. They'd lost the, the two before the bye. But then they'd won like six in a row or something ridiculous like that. But obviously, going f- going into this game, the Dragons hadn't won in Canberra since Adam was a boy. And... There was, but there was no reason for them not to be confident going into this. Like they had, they had no. that big win against the Sharks, who were equally as bad as the Raiders in those years, and they were coming off a bye, so they'd effectively had two bye weeks going mm. in against a Raiders team who were oh, garbage is rough, but garbage. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it kind of was a garbage Raiders side, though. Let's be honest. Like that year, as you said, how they finished, but uh, there was periods of that year when co captains were Bronson Harrison and David Shillington. Not that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not pretty. <laughs> I, honestly, big, I, 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 big group six areas, right? There. I yeah. couldn't remember that Bronson Harrison was the co-captain at one point, and that's brutal. Remember, he's like, he's one, well, he was pretty good this year. It was like one of his two good years in first yeah. grade. Yeah, when he would try and offload every single time he had the ball. It works sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> we're here for it. But we'll move on now to that sort of main game that sort of we shaped this entire hoodoo idea around because it was probably the, the best example of it. Canberra were terrible. The Dragons were coming off winning the premiership the year before and they were winning with a few seconds to go. So, um, Dave, what, what, what are your memories just overall about this game? First of all, this, this, this crazy Monday in July in 2011. Uh, I remember it was fucking freezing. So it was like at a time when the Raiders were playing Monday night games like all the time because we were one of the few places that could get anyone to show up to a Monday night game. Because mm. um, you can knock off, get the bus down from the Leagues Club, yeah, you know, get to the ground, get your chips, happy days, get your full strengths. Public public servants love a Monday night out, <laughs> you know. So yeah, as you said, people put th- well, they can just take one of their fifty flex days on <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> if they have too many, so it's fine. <laughs> That's your tax dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, absolutely freezing um, and just like having, even though in that period, like you always felt that you could beat the Dragons, like it was one that where like, you were like, oh, the Hoodoo's got to end at some point and it's going to be tonight because like we are just that bad. Um, and and it was one of those ones as well where like at halftime in that game, I'm sure we'll get there, um, like there were people that were honestly debating leaving, leaving the ground. Good to see uh, Bungard's dad with uh, Pop was going to games. <laughs> <laughs> great, great to see that he's, well, uh, you know, he was an away trip. It was an away trip. Had to drive back from Canberra <laughs> on a school night. Yeah. Yeah. Was it was a six o'clock really kickoff. You've got to get home. That's fair enough. That's true. <laughs> and I, I think to, to uh, sort of set the scene for this disparity between these two teams, is it worth reading out who was playing that night? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes it is. <laughs> one of you guys do? Yeah, I've got it, mate. I've got it. So. The, the over on the Canberra side, Danny Galea played for Canberra. People forget that happened. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. But I'll go through the actual, actual lineups of both teams. So Canberra have actual good Josh Dugan at fullback. So that's a bonus. But Dugan at fullback, Blake Ferguson on one wing, Daniel Vito, who they called Vito, on the other mm-hmm. wing, Croker and Joel Thompson in the centres. Thompson pre tats and muscles. Haas combination. He was so skinny in this game. Watching it back, he was a small man. Uh, halves combination of Joshua Crone and Sam Williams. That's the halves combo of dreams. <laughs> uh, um, and front row, Brett White and Dane Tills with Alan Tung, captain at hooker. 
Back row, really young Josh Papali in the 18 jersey on one edge. Harrison on the other edge and Fenton at lock. So it's not a bad back row. Uh, bench, Danny Galea in the, in the three jersey. Glenn Butchers, Trevor Thurley and Sam Mataora. Uh, David Ferner, the coach. But you go over to the, the Dragons side and, yeah, this is uh, one of the, this is that Dragons team everyone knows. Uh, Darius Boyd's at fullback. Brett Morris and Jason Nightingale are the wingers. This is Brett Morris' 100th game in first grade at this point. Uh, Mark Gazner and Matt Cooper are the centres. Cooper, the captain in this one. The halves are Jamie Soward and Nathan Fien. And then the forward pack, uh, Michael Wayman, good Trent Merrin, uh, Mitch Rain starting at hooker, uh, Bo Scott, Ben Cray, and Matt Pryor, the lock. The bench, Kyle Stanley's on the bench. He'd named a start at hooker, but he's came off the bench there. Adam Cutherson, David Gower, and uh, Jack DeBellin in the 24 jersey with Wayne Bennett, the coach. But uh, that team, it doesn't sound as good now, reading back and retrospect on paper, but like you got to remember at this point, Ben Cray was potentially the best back row in the competition. Yeah, Michael Wayman was one of the best front rowers in the competition. Darius Boyd was potentially the best fullback in the world, and we all know about the guys like Morris, Gaznier, Cooper. Sal was in his career best form, and then you also had guys like Trent Merrin, who was actually still good at this point. It was like men against boys, and the first half felt like men against boys. And something I just want to point out there, he said that uh, what number was Danny Galea wearing on the bench there? Yeah, number three. Yeah, because he was <laughs> playing the centres for us at the time. Yeah, and he, <laughs> and he did play, they split this game in half. Thompson mm. played the first 40, and Danny Galea played the second 40 in the centres. Oh, so. that's just the coaching you want. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, David Furner. David Furner was, uh, was Mary McGregor ahead of his time, cool. I've got to say. <laughs> what if we play with three centres? <laughs> I, yeah. I like the idea. And then, yeah, obviously, you had a you know, raw Joel Thompson's one of those centers. Daniel Vito was, was actually okay in this game, but a lot of those guys have had better careers to this point. But at this point in time, it's not a great Raiders lineup. There's a reason no. why yeah, they finished 15th that season. Yeah, well, I, I was mentioning this off mic before we started recording, but like I didn't remember just how big Dane Tills was. Like he, I did. he was <laughs> like. <laughs> You can't stack shit that high, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. But I was just. I was watching him run back kicks, and I was like. The, it looks like somebody's dad's playing like park footy, and the, 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 <laughs> the dad's out there. <laughs> the dad's out there with the with the kids having a run around at Christmas. He's like he was two meters tall, obviously big big bopper. But yeah, it was as you say, like the back row of that Raiders team wasn't too bad. Um, Papali on an edge was a fun watch, um, but yeah, Alan Tung uh, Campo's going to come through the wall like the Kool Aid Man if I you know slag Alan Tung too much. But watching him play hooker. Was an experience. Uh, he was never a nine. No, Much I mean less he was a seven a, when he had to do that for a while. Obviously a good leader, but yeah, I mean, uh, and on the other seven side, seven days. People forget about the Alan, the Alan yes. Tung seven days. Yeah. But that's how poor Josh McCrone is. <laughs> 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 were in the halves, but the seven days were a thing. This was only McCrone's tw- uh, McCrone, sorry, Williams' twelfth game of first grade as well. Like he was very raw at this point, and it showed. And only his seventh stint at Canberra as yeah, well. I know. <laughs> well. I believe he'd been. <laughs> I believe he'd had seven transfer fees paid from between here and the Super League by that stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, I mean that was a very uh, raw Raiders team and and for the Dragons m- most of that first kind of 20-30 minutes Nathan Fien was basically running the show from, from nine which kind of made sense because he played there before but Mitrain effectively wasn't on the field which was f- as, a, as a Dragons fan and as a long time Mitrain whatever the opposite of apologist is <laughs> uh, is uh, how I believe he should his career should continue uh, not him out of the way, not being on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say that Mitrain basically not being in a fi- on the field. You, like, you could have been explaining any game between 2011 and <laughs> yesterday <laughs> and now. <laughs> oh, look at that! Mitrain is running. Uh, he's running from dummy half. Okay, so that's any game in Mitrain's career. Great <laughs> job. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, and so obviously, Dave, how are you feeling after that first half? 
like absolutely dreadful because it was like it was literally every bad Raiders game for like like all of 2011. It was it was the same in like 2013. It was just good teams just spreading the ball early as soon as they got into our half and like the dumbest outside backs you've ever seen <laughs> rushing in as fast as they could. Yeah, to... this was before Jared Croker could defend. Yeah, like he's the best back there, right? But I'm just what I'm saying that it's not because he's bad. It's because. <laughs> If he's your best defensive back and he can't defend at that point, yeah, it's not a good look. And, yeah. and it was very, it was very obvious watching the watching the Saints attack in the first half that they had figured out that going right and then running spread plays to the left and just running at Joel Thompson would be cash money. Yeah, and the problem with the Raiders back then was that like they would all rush in and they none of them trusted each other. Yeah. So like right. like Thompson would never trust McCrone to make a tackle, even though that was probably a sensible thing to think. Yeah. Um, and then like no one would trust. Thompson to make a tackle, and Vito was just like doing whatever he felt like. It was a fun yeah. watch. Yeah. yeah, but this the first half, it, it was 18-0, but they'd scored four tries, and Sal was uncharacteristically poor with the boot. He missed mm. a couple of, you know, not difficult ones for him. Mm. But they scored some absolute pearlers in that half. That The try yeah. right on half time from, from Sal to, to Gaznia, it's like oh. a cross-field chip kind of thing. It was the yeah. it was like the carbon copy of the um of the 2010 grand final exactly. try. Yeah, it's and an that, absolute and, peach. And at the point where you're already 14 nil down and then they score what looks like sort of like a party try, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, okay. Well, we're going to yeah. see 60 tonight, so that's yeah. fun. Good on us. They're back within range once again on three plays. Stanley waits a dummy half. We'll go to the right-hand side for Sauer. Shapes to kick and kicks for Gaznia. Nobody does it better. Sauer and Gaznia. The way they scored their first points in the grand final win against the Roosters at Homebush last October. And the timing, the precision, and the weight on the kick from Sauer, who's having another night out here tonight, was just beautiful to watch. How good was it to watch? I honestly thought as Jamie Sauer drifted across the field, you knew he was shaping for a kick. Daniel Vito half read it and started to drop back, and I thought, oh. But he just dropped it over the centre there. Vito couldn't do a thing about it. Gaznia timed his run perfectly. And the precision of Jamie Sauer, the short kicking game, the repeat sets the Dragons have had. And and that whole the rest of the tries uh, that Vaughan's had left edge. It's like you know the the sweet play with Darius Boy when it was still a thing, yep. and getting early ball out to Matt Cooper and Brett Morris, letting the run run out Joel Thompson and I think is it Vito in that ring? No, yeah, Vito's Ferguson's in that ring, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Ferguson was on the run. Yeah, like they worked every time they got into Raiders territory, and they were going upfield really easily, and even like. Ben Cray scored a fantastic try, which he, he could run the ball like that. He had a great first half, but I thought he was pretty poor in the second. But essentially, as a Raiders fan, you'd think, like, half-time, 18-0 down at home. I think 18-6. 18-6, well, sorry. I don't know I because mean, there's something that's going to give you hope. It's, it's, it's Josh McCrone uh, almost tripping over in the act of scoring. It was yeah, like, oh, that's, but, but that's it. 18-6 down. It didn't feel like 18. It felt like no. the Dragons had scored a lot more points. Yes. It was one of those games where you are grateful that you're somehow only losing by 12. Yeah. yeah, and then speaking of McCrone as well, in this game, in the first half, he kicked two balls, two grubbers dead about 15 metres for in, absolutely no reason. In the first 10 minutes. One of them game. was a, a second tackle. They just got yeah. given a penalty, and then second tackle, he boots it dead, and Brandy's like, well, I don't know what Josh McCrone's yeah. thinking. He's uh, like, <laughs> th- they're three, mi- three minutes played, and they play play out to the right, and he grubbers this ball 
like if you've been to Bruce Stadium, you know there's a long way between the dead ball line and the like the stand, and it makes it probably halfway from the dead ball line <laughs> to the stand. Like he doesn't underhit it; yeah. he absolutely nails his ball. Oh, and oh. Brandy is like, "Well, they're three minutes in. That's a sign of frustration. Don't quite know what he's doing there." And I'm just like, what in God's green earth is happening? And I've always had a bit of a special relationship with old Josh McCrane because the season tickets where I've been sitting with my family since like 2000, when Josh McCrane joined the Raiders, his family would all sit in front of us. Oh, no. There was about eight of them. And it was either his mum or his auntie would every single tackle when the Raiders were defending would scream, up Raiders, up, for 80 minutes. 12 times a year for several years. Those are the worst people at footy. As one of my good friends, very similar, we sit in the Tigers members. He has members seats and I sit with him sometimes and there's someone who's been at every game in front of him who screams up, tackle, tackle, tackle Mm. and run. Yeah. And it's like, bitch, if you weren't there, (laughs) nothing would change. You don't have to yell tackle, tackle, tackle. Is it Jason uh, Taylor? It's... (laughs) But yeah, those people drive you insane. But it's even worse when they're related to a player. Yeah, because the other part of it was that like when, when Macron did good stuff, that'd all be going off. When Macron did anything shocking, they would totally just like like just blame every other player standing around Macron. Um and when that very brief period when Macron got dropped and they um they put Adam Mogg in um in oh, at seven. Adam every Mogg. time Mogg had the ball, they were <laughs> shouting at him like they were supporting the other team. Yeah, but then of course, um, but then Josh Dugan kickstarts this little comeback with a, with a sick try about 15 minutes after half time though. Yeah, and that was when like Josh Josh Dugan, like young Josh Dugan, Raiders Josh Dugan, was dead set, like one of the best players in the column. He was absolutely electric. It it was weird watching this game back and be and like watching Josh Dugan take like full speed kick returns and just get absolutely ironed out. Yeah. <laughs> and then be fine. Yes. He, would, he still he would, was only down in back play once. He, he still <laughs> did would get up from a lot of tackles and sort of hold his back, oh, lean to the side. This is what, 2011? So Dugan's oh, 22 at this point. Already 21 has, is my age. Yeah, yeah. so uh, already has back pain. That's That, <laughs> that bodes well for his long, <laughs> and de- long tenure at the Raiders. <laughs> but this is like this game from Dugan, and I think I, we, I kind of forgot what player he was, but he kicked the ball five times. You know, it shows that he's a bit, bit more... Good kicks, too. A bit more in his game. Like yeah. There's a field goal attempt he has in this game that he probably kicks at 80 metres. He kicks him at 40 metres out, and he goes past the top of the uprights. Yeah. It's still rising when he goes past the uprights. It's yeah. huge, like that. But he, he was in everything, and he's slender. He's far more mobile. He gets across the park well, and it's just like the dumbest cliche in rugby league, but things just happen for Josh Dugan, yeah. Yeah. And, they, and they were in this game for him. He was great. He had two tries, 180 metres, a line break, six tackle breaks, those couple of kicks I mentioned, but he was great. And uh, remember when Brisbane signed this version of Josh Dugan, I was stoked, but we, we did not. No one got this Josh Dugan. He just, it ended after this. It, it, this. This Dugan kind of weirdly reminds me of like Blake Ferguson now in a way. Like strangely live, things happen when he gets the ball, happy to make those big kind of yardage runs out of his own half. Um, obviously not as big as Ferguson is now, but kind of that same things happen when he gets the ball kind of player. And like this yeah. Dugan try, like he runs hard into the fence, gets hammered, and sort of like weirdly bends over, almost falls over and keeps running. Like he yeah. used to be able to do that, whereas he would just fold now. He would, he would. And he's kind of that guy for the Raiders in this year. I would not. I, I don't want to call him Kalen Ponga, but it's more so the Raiders just threw the ball to him like the Knights did the last couple of years. And like, hey, yeah. do, Josh. Yeah. Can you just do something? Can you like, kick yeah. the ball 70 <laughs> metres, please? And he just did something in this game. But he scored one, 
And is it the, not the first one yet that people start getting nervous? But the first yeah. one you get back, it's the second one you guys get back on. And that is that when... Um, so Warren Smith says, "Do you believe in hoodoos?" You believe yeah, in hoodoos. he says it's the first time yeah. that yeah, and 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 then like the they score and and Brandy's there going, "Well, I didn't believe in hoodoos before the game, but I do now." I was like, "Shut the fuck up, Brandy." <laughs> <laughs> Brandy's like the most complicated relationship with Raiders fans yeah. ever. I get um some good friends of the podcast. I don't know if she wants to mention a name. I'm going to good friend Susie. Anytime Brandy's on like a Raiders game, it's the only time she reaches out and texts me. <laughs> She's yeah. like, you know, bloody Brandy's on the Raiders again. Brandy's riding the Raiders hard again. Like, I mean, 1990 was 30 years ago. <laughs> like, let it go, mate. Uh, like, it happened. It happened. But you actually called this game pretty well. The commentary at the end is fantastic from all of them, and I'll cut that in. But like, that, that it was really good at the end. But the hoodoo starts coming back when they're just down what by six. Yep. Yeah, the while to go. And is, like, is this what it feels like being a Raiders fan every week? But like, what I was feeling watching this game, being like. Yeah, we fucked it. it it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, that's that's what. I, and obviously, I know. I knew going back to watch this game again. Like I'd, I'd watched that many moons ago, but going back to watch this game, obviously, I knew the result. But I still had that kind of like weird dread, knowing what was happening, mm. being like, Ugh. and that's what it feels like being a Saints fan now. <laughs> so it was a nice, nice refresher. But that second try, the Raiders going in the second half. So it's off the back of a scrum, right? Yeah. Um. So they go wide to McCrone. McCrone throws a, like a ball across the face of Thompson out on that side yep. um, to, to Ferguson. They win the scrum. Bartris from the back of it. gets it to Ferguson who reaches out. They point to the spot. It doesn't need a referral upstairs. Ferguson scores in the corner and they can scarcely believe it on the terraces here at Canberra Stadium. The Raiders within two of the Dragons. Well, it was all a little too easy. The Dragons, their rock-like defence has been opened up in this second half. Short side from the scrum. Cooper pointing. Josh McCrone. Morris had come in just enough to create some space for Ferguson. Well, they were backpedalling, but they weren't pushing. Well, they didn't number up three on three. The Dragons, they were hoping that Nathan Fiend from his position as halfback, would push across and make that number. And he was slow to react, so Cooper went in, and Josh Morris was caught in two minds. Do I stay or do I push in? And the Raiders, they went the way of the numbers. They set a little trap, three on two. The Dragons didn't follow them with numbers. And they were slow to react. They've been found out, and what an important kick this is for Jared Croker. It was a terrific call by the officials who might have had their moments a couple of times tonight, but a great call to award the try without sending it upstairs. And now Croker from the sideline, bringing it back. It's still coming. It is there. 18-18 here in Canberra on Monday Night Football. Do you believe in hoodoos? I'm starting to... I certainly didn't at halftime, but I'm starting to. Like, as much as I was bagging on the Chrome before, like, he he was, like, a really direct runner, mm. and it meant that it opened us up for, like, those sorts of passes and for, like, he used to put Papali through a hole all the time or Thompson when Thompson was playing in the second row. And it's something that, like, since McCrone has left, the no Raiders half has run directly at the line, like, 
ever. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I looked it up during the week that like McCrone played a abysmal like 133 games for the Raiders. The fact what? that he played more than 100 is insane. But he scored 34 tries, I think, which is not a bad return at all for a number seven. And I think that's what when, like, going forward in his career, because I know that he played for us as well, but I assume that when he was being, like, when they were looking at him as an option, they a, a lot of people would have seen that kind of early McCrone and been like, yeah, we do need a direct running half. I think Matty Johns picked in to be the Blues number seven. Andrew Johns, <laughs> two, two, Andrew. in two different seasons, yes. Andrew Johns was like, I reckon he could be the man. The, the 14 off the bench, if nothing else. We, we, we really should have We really should have seen all these medical things coming. Let's be, let's be quite <laughs> frank. Um, but as I said, like, a lot of teams would have seen that and been like, yeah, maybe, you know, and then realise that like there's a lot more to being a decent six or seven than running the ball at the line every now and then. And, like, and so what were those numbers you had, by the way? What were they again for, for McCrone? 133 games yep. for the Raiders and 34 tries. Okay, so we've got Aiden Caesar's full career here. 155 games. Uh, he has 26 tries. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Have you, you got, go. have you got a try assist and for both 67 of them? for Aiden Caesar. Let me pull up. Um, let's, let's, let's keep talking. I'll, yep. pull, up, I'll pull up uh, Josh so McCrone's. I, I just want to say, though, that, that one more thing about the McCrone family. So McCrone's yeah. 100th game was a game in 2013. And I wasn't there. I was overseas. But my sister emailed me to, to say that... Um, the McCrone family had made, got like a large professional banner made, saying so like "Happy 100, Josh, etc." That was the game we lost at home, 68 to four. God, that poor family. Who was and that? Was that against the Storm? That was against the Storm. Yeah. The next week, the Raiders played the Dragons. Yep. And beat them, and then the Raiders lost the last six games of the season. <laughs> That's classic. And so in in this game it was interesting though because at 18, 12, I guess given everything that these two teams know about the the past few years, yeah. I mean, a lot of people started to sense that perhaps it was on. And then the Dragons did have a couple of chances to take the drop goal at 18-12. I'm just, just going to cut in one more second. Sorry. We were there. 161 career games for Josh McCrone. So he has only six more games. Yep. 81 try assists. Beat Jesus. Caesar's mark. <laughs> there you go, mate. What a player. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> Probably about 60 more than Blake Austin had. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, and so they had a couple of chances to take a drop goal at eighteen twelve, and they just didn't, which was not very dragons like, given that team at that time. There, but there was there, going to the, going to your point about the the field goals though, like the setup for those field goals were absolutely awful. fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> which is, again was so weird because these guys were so surgical yeah, when it came the, to drop goals. I think, in, like, I think this that's era. where it comes in that they they were starting to think like it, it must have been in the back of their mind about the, the hoodoo and and all those games over all those years where they were the better team. Like, there was, like, 2005, the Dragons finished top, I think. Yep. Raiders finished 15th on equal points with last place. Like, only didn't get the wooden spoon because the Titans conceded 60 more points or something like that. Raiders beat them that year. Mm. Like, 2006 was, like, they finished sev- second, I think, something like that. Raiders Sorry, were... did you say the Titans finished last in 2005? I don't think they existed in 2005. Was it the Cowboys? Okay, no one else picked up on that. <laughs> yeah. was it the Cow- might have been the. Not, no, it wasn't it was the Cowboys. Probably Cow- South. Yeah. Actually, oh. no, it wasn't. It was Newcastle because they were the they were the highest. They were the but the best ever last place team because remember they had Joey came back halfway through the year when they hadn't won a game. That's a good. Like that is a good. Good. There must, there must have been another year where we finished yeah. equal last with the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many options. <laughs> yeah, like 2006, like Dragons were second or something like that. We were. I think we finished sixth in the end, but we beat them 30 to six at home, and mm. it was like a Jason Smith masterclass. 
And like the, you just saw that like the, the dragons in that second half, once the Raiders did start coming back, the stuff that was working in the first half, going out wide to Cooper and um, to Cooper and, and Morris, yeah. they just like stopped doing it completely. Mm. And and there's a there's a point in that in the fir- interestingly, the point in the first half where bef- I think it was before the Dragons had scored those two it must have been bef- between their first and second tries. But Brandy says in comms he, he says something like, oh, you kind of get the feeling that the Dragons are out there and they just think that the bloke next to them is going to do what they are going to do. Like, they just think that it's not their job. Um, and and to, to Bungard's point about the drop goals, the first drop goal I think Sauer doesn't even get to take. Flicks it left or runs left because he, he gets pressured. But then the second attempt to drop goal, I, cu- I could be getting these around the wrong way, but the second attempt to drop goal, there's literally nobody standing in front of him. Like, the players who normally would be making that faux wall, yeah. which we're not allowed to have. DeBellin is behind the ruck. Um, there's another player adjacent to the ruck, also behind the play of the ball. And then Soward's probably 10 or 15 metres behind them. And there's just, like, 30 metres of open space for the pl- for the Raiders to run up and pressure him. It's so strange. If I'm not, like, he is the... He's pr- he's the best drop goal kicker of of the era, right, Mitch? Yeah, in two thousand and nine he kicked six, twenty ten he kicked five, mm. kicked five in twenty eleven, three twenty twelve, four in twenty. And in some 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 of those were in some big moments. Oh, of course, the one against the Tigers being probably the most memorable in twenty ten. Yeah, but like the Raiders as a team wouldn't have kicked five field goals in a season since since Carney was around. Yeah, yeah like, probably. Yeah. Yeah, but you mentioned that, but it's like Dugan has a great crack we mentioned earlier, but Soward does actually nail an amazing field goal. He does. Yeah. The field yeah. goal is amazing. It deserved to win a game and it doesn't. Like, yeah. the pass is disgusting. He gets yep. it around his feet and it's absolutely... Picks it up on the half volley. Half volley and just belts his left footer from like 30 metres it's out. It's one of those ones where you kind of stab it. He stabbed at the ball as well. Yeah. But still, still got like the best contact he's ever set. He takes it down within about 25 metres of the Raiders line. Here's the last. Soward standing back at the 40. Gets the long ball. It's a poor pass, but he strikes it well. He strikes it magnificently. Jamie Soward does it again. Well, what about that? Off a poor pass, Nathan Feen, the ball finding the ground. There was a Raiders player in behind the ruck again. Nathan Feen didn't want to take the risk and throw it into him. That meant the pass found the ground. Jamie Soward was able to scoop it up, compose himself, balance himself, and slide it between the posts. Yeah, and so, but before that drop goal, of course, Canberra, Canberra get it back to 18 all. They score in the corner, and then Croker nails a clutch kick from the sideline. This is before the, the dark days, isn't <laughs> <laughs> it? The house it, it was the year after. I didn't wonder about anybody. He definitely celebrated that. like he, you know, obviously kicked a big kick, but <laughs> you definitely sort of meant something to him. So it probably was because yeah. the year after that. Like The fucked up thing with Croker's kicking and like that particular one from 2010 is that like we've had, he's had so many penalty goals from almost that exact spot in big games since. And every single time the commentators are like, I'm sure the demons of 2010 are around his shoulders. And he must think it as well. And it must yeah. be so annoying. Oh, mate, it's, must, it's like, it's not exactly the same thing, but then if you watch the NFL draft this year, it's like, well, every time someone got picked, it's like, well, and of course his mother died horribly in a car crash <laughs> when he was four. It's like, listen, Kroger doesn't want to think about that anymore. Okay? Let yeah. it go. It's like, just let it go. Don't yeah. mention every time there's a clutch kick. It's like, remember that time Jared Croker cried? Yeah. <laughs> but, he, but he nails that one. And then, of course, Jamie Stout does kick that bloody amazing field goal. But then off the short kickoff, the, the Dragons make an absolute meal of it. And suddenly, Dave, did you, did you believe? It's one of those things where, like, the like 
you always want like in those sort of last minute things. I'm always like, nah, they're not going to do it. Like, <laughs> like, you, like, like when you've got a scrum on the fifty meter yeah. line, there's one play to go. You're like, they're going to do like a shitty um, chip kick that goes nowhere. Yeah. Like, mm. like the only teams that score those sorts of tries are like. Like the the Broncos won against Parra. Huge Charity Shield 2002 attempted field yeah. goal after full-time areas. Or Storm every now and then would have like a cross-field, sick cross-field kick within their own half or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But like it comes, di- so like the ball goes up, the uh, Dragons guy knocks it on, comes down to, if, if there's a man that you want getting the ball with a minute to go in a bit of space, Glenn Buttress. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he he does a really good run. He was That's really good this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then of course... I mean, then we get, and you, you said you're going to splice it in, but we get some absolutely iconic commentary as Josh Dugan scores. As the Raiders short kick off, what can they come up with? They'll get the ball back. Gaznia couldn't clean it up. They will get a chance to send this to Golden Point. Buttress will play it. In front of the uprights, 20 metres away. Fenson goes to McCrone, who comes back searching for a gap. Williams wrapped up by Pryor. They're in great position, but they're not ready at the moment. Here's Tills taking it a long way. Stopped only just by DeBellin. Buttress feeds it back. Here's Williams. They go to the right. McCrone kicks it. Chasing through. Dugan! Josh Dugan! Do you believe in hoodoos? Do you believe in miracles? something at the death. Jared Croker with the siren already sounded adds an extra two points. What a game that you've seen live on Fox Sports on Monday Night Football. The Raiders 24-19 and Wayne Bennett earlier this season said we dodged a bullet by avoiding beaten the Tigers, it would have been the Dragons up against their nemesis, Canberra, in the preliminary final. And judging by what we've seen here tonight with the Raiders down on their luck, down on the table in 2011, once again finding a way 
to beat St George Illawarra. Extraordinary game. Jamie Soward looked like he'd done enough to get his team the win and break the hoodoo. 60% or just under 60% of possession. The Raiders' defence was able to deny the Dragons in that second half. They trailed by 12 coming into the second 40 minutes. That is an extraordinary win. They look absolutely stunned at the Dragons walking back to their dressing room. And you can understand why there was 80 seconds on the clock when Josh Dugan took the kickoff. It's also like the, the most insane play you will ever see. So it's second tackle. There. <laughs> So yeah. if you've if you've watched the eighty minutes to this point, you know what's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's second tackle. The, the ball gets thrown back from Buttress to Sam Williams. The Dragons like the Raiders have never in their life set up a field goal well. So they the the pressure was all on him. He throws the ball wide to Josh McCrone. Second tackle, remember it? Second tackle. He's running out wide. There is a three or four man overlap. Yep. 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 Kyle Stanley falls over. Yep. He's yep. defending at centre. He falls over. Yep. And rather than throw the wide ball, rather than... I would have been fine if he just took the tackle. <laughs> exactly. It was like but three no. more tackles to go. Yeah. But no, instead, he decides to put a, uh, put a grubber in that off the boot, given that he's done two similar grubbers earlier in the game that went a million miles is, It's going, off up, the boot. It's it's going like, up to the hot chip stand. I, yeah, remember, it's going. I, I remember being in the stand as he kicked it. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> in front of his parents. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, Dugan comes flying out of nowhere. There's two Dragons players that are closer to the ball. Just, like, watching this all unfold. Dugan comes through, dives on it. Yeah. Uh, everyone's going nuts. The referee just gives the, gives the try, which, like, I don't care how safe the try is. If it's the last second of the game, you would imagine you're going to no. look it's at just it. the anti-Vanguard. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to bring that bullshit into this room. <laughs> oh, well, do you agree that they checked Kyle Felt's try in the grand final? He walked over the try line with no one near him and put the but, ball down. But it happened earlier in the game too when Ferguson scored to tie Shame it up. On you. Yeah. That one, looking at it live, you'd be like, I'm not sure he scored that. And they gave it. Yeah. I'm, thinking, I'm just imagining because it was so cold, the referees wanted to go home. That's and fair. I actually but, don't think he scored this one though. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, Dugan, I don't agree Dugan with did your not point of checking it no matter what, but I think they should have checked this one. No, he's he misses it completely with his hands. His head slams into the ball. <laughs> it's like it's like the only time where, like, you know, when like a player fucks up a try and they get up and they're like cheering, etc. And I'm always like, what are you doing? If they look at it, like, but it's like maybe the only time that a whole team getting around a player, the referee was like, oh yeah, why not? Is and the referee believed in hoodoo. So yeah. <laughs> but going going back to your point about like you just pulling your hair out when you saw him put that kick in, is there any better feeling in sport when you're watching your team and you go, what the fuck are you doing? Oh shit, we scored. Like it's the Yay! best feeling. So it's the best so, feeling. So like you were you were there and I was there too. So the the game against the Netherlands over in Brazil. Yeah. So when Cahill scored, there was an old mate in a Socceroos jersey, a couple. Um, rose behind me and when who hit the long ball to Cahill? McGowan. Uh, McGowan. When McGowan yeah. hit that ball because he'd been complaining about us hitting long balls all game up to that point when McGowan hit that ball he was like oh fucking long ball fucking. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> and perfect. then the greatest exactly goal like that, that. that any Socceroo has ever scored and will ever score. That's where these cups that you're drinking out of are from. Yeah. Still, oh, still got go. my souvenir cups from that day. And same thing with that sick rap and a try against home against Manly a couple of years ago where he like the ball had already gone past in the air the in goal and he grabbed it and then like pulled it back under his body and scored yeah. that was the most dog shit kick ever by <laughs> yeah. by Blake Austin and as he kicked it I was on my feet screaming at him and I was like and oh, saves good luck Blake <laughs> but mate it's um but that play as you said I, I knew it was coming I, I haven't watched it in a few years but re-watching this 
I cackled uncontrollably when he mm. kicks it. Like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? Like, mm. they never roast him, but in a match review, because it was a match winner, he wouldn't get roasted. But if that was like a try in the first half, the coach would serve him. Yep. For doing that on tackle two. Yep. Yeah, you won, but you kicked it away on tackle goddamn two. The guy outside you fell over. You had three men on one when Stanley falls over and you kicked it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> like, oh my God. A, a classic blinkered uh, Josh McCrone. But it What's worked. the opposite of eyes up footy? Because that, that was eyes down <laughs> footy. Eyes down footy. It was. It, I am kicking this. <laughs> and this game was the entire McCrone mixed bag. Like he put two tries on. He scored a try. He kicked two balls dead that he should you know, that he shouldn't yeah. have. He was all over the shop, but it, it worked out. And then like that was it. It was the game. The commentary as you it was just heard, it was sealed yeah. the hoodoo. But it was it, like, was it was the zenith of the hoodoo. But there's just so many other hilarious games about this, and you, we just yeah. you didn't believe you believed after this game. And we went we went back and we we um I found a bunch of old quotes from old games from various years about about um about this hoodoo like getting asked about it. And there's some, some hilarious ones. So 2007, like Dean Young actually acknowledged the hoodoo. And after the game, Nathan well, he Brown... Didn't, he didn't beat the Raiders in the entire career. He so. never did. That's right. 0-10. And then Nathan Brown was just like, oh, yeah, it's, it's never been a great place for us to come to. 2000, 2009, Wendell Saylor said that there's no excuses. Uh, so we, we can just pause there for a second. So Wendell Saylor he says there's no excuses, and he also says... He said something like, oh, I never had a good time down here, legal yep. union. I had a look into it. Yes. So, oh, uh, this is great. So he played... So Wendell Saylor as a Bronco, and he was, you know, he was a Bronco in the very, very good years of the Broncos. Played seven games in Canberra for one win. As a dragon, played one game in Canberra for, and did not win that game, and then played twice there as a red and once there as a Waratah and didn't win those either. Well, and so is Simon Wolf That's is a, like you said, he played for a really good Broncos team in a period where Canberra had come. They were on the boil in the nineties, but they're coming off the boil before he leaves. Yeah, yeah. one win down there for him is a, is miraculous. It's crazy. And, mm. and there there is a there's a particular game in '99, I think. And I was looking on uh, Rugby League Project at the teams, and I don't have it in front of me right now, but if, if you were to read through that Broncos team, it is the Queensland team. And the Raiders team had some of the worst Raiders players of all of the 90s, and that was a lot of dog shit players. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite, so Simon Wolford was Rod a guy... Who, Simon Wolford played for both teams, <laughs> and he, he said that during his two years at the Dragons, it was always talked about that the Raiders had the wood over them <laughs> and that he played against Canberra four times while he was at Dragons. And it was always talked about that they were a team that we struggled against. A lot of emphasis was put on beating the Raiders, but we went down to Canberra twice and never looked like winning in either game. And they beat us up at Wynn Stadium too. But it's like... It's so funny. It's not good when you start talking about it in the dressing room. No. You're creating... No. You're, you're fulfilling your own yeah, prophecy. Yeah, 100%. Like, Man, these guys always beat us. <laughs> so yeah. it's, 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 okay. the, it's the opposite of putting up the, putting up the article to, to prove somebody wrong. Like, you are fulfilling your own prophecy if you're talking about it. What, one, that's true. And one of the funniest things about this game that we just discussed in 2011 was Glenn Munsey, the TAB sports bet guy, was, actually came out before the game and was like, well, yeah, obviously, given the form of these two teams and where they are on the ladder, like it should be Canberra should be about $4 or more. But they were only $2.80, and he said this was because of the hoodoo. Also, yeah, because, literally also said, because of the market dictating what Well, exactly. But that's what, no, but that's what he said. Yeah. He said it... it, he said it um, he basically said that this was this was the reason they hadn't been wound out further than that. Mm. So it was great because like this was also the year where Brett Morris and Jamie Sowd and all that were like, oh, we'll be fine. We we can bounce back. We can win down there. It's, it, but the, I think the highlight was um, in two thousand and um, twelve. Steve Price said, "It's a load of crap. I couldn't care less about it." <laughs> and then after the game, when they lost, he said. It's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> Maybe it could be real. Can somebody, Bungard, you're a, you're an expert in manual memes. Can, yep. can we boot up the Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> theme? <laughs> 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 
Me when I'm sowing, yeah, fuck yes. Me yeah. when I'm reaping, ah, oh, shit. This is terrible. <laughs> um, and uh, the weird thing is, though, I mean, Josh Miller should have his Raiders, uh, I don't know what, I mean, actually, well, he's not, I don't know, his Raiders membership revoked. He shouldn't be a part of the Raiders family. In 2013, after playing for both, he said, I don't believe in the hoodoo. Ridiculous. What a goose. Josh Miller, though, had the goat hoodoo moment. I love Josh Miller. Yeah. <laughs> 2009, it was a, Michael Wayman had just left the Raiders. Oh, I'm going to go win a premiership somewhere. Wayman was like, you know, a f- beloved son. Then it comes back to Canberra. And the Raiders were just on their angry pills this night. So uh, Campo got uh, 10 in the bin for fighting Dean Young. That's um, Terry Campese, not Nick yep. Tampton, just oh, to clarify. I was, genuine, I was genuinely confused. Um, in the second half, Miller gets into a fight off the off the play. It's about 30 metres off the play. Uh, they go back and look at it. The touchy comes in and goes, oh, I didn't see a punch thrown there. There was 30 punches thrown from both players. <laughs> the funny thing about this the 2011 game is that it basically broke the Dragons. They lost their next five games, including the very next week. They played Souths at Wynn Stadium. And they were winning 20 nil after 15 minutes. Oh, this was, was the, the game this where was the fame. That was the game where I was in the press box, and one of the other reporters remarked, "This could be the John Lang apology game. It's going to be. A, this is going to be a hundred nil." And then Souths, of course, came from. I think they were 20 20 nil down just before halftime. Reese Wester scored off a scrum, and then this was the game where I was Chris at Sandow, this game as well. Chris Sandow, yeah. after the Dragons had just retaken the lead, he did the kickoff that bounced over the sideline, and then yep. they came back on. And then after that, they lost another four games after that, and basically, and the wheels well and truly fell off. They never recovered, and they just weren't the same team as they were in 2010. Yeah. And so basically, not only did this game keep the hoodoo going, Dave, but it it basically destroyed the Dragons' dynasty. Yeah, and, and what, what more could you ask out of a game? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> that uh, that South Dragons game yeah. was the game Dylan where Farrell scored a hat-trick. Souths wore green and the and the Dragons wore that red jersey and they both had white shorts and the only way I could tell the teams apart is because they had different socks on. Oh, Dale. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. So I, I just wanted to mention as well that 20, 2009 game. So yep. uh, Mick Wayman gets the ball in the second half. Josh Miller runs out of the line. I'm not even sure he like could see anywhere around him. It was just... Looking at Wayman, he headbutts him. Like he, he comes in so hard, he headbutts him. Wayman is is knocked out before he hits the ground. The crowd at this point is like hooting and hollering. Going, <laughs> they all calm down about thirty seconds later when it, like Wayman might have been dead. It's yeah. proper like uh, the crowd at Lisa and Bart's ice hockey game area. Yeah, yeah. Like they're paid for blood. Yeah. They're out and there. Miller hit the ground too, but jumps straight back up and just goes back into the law and high fiving everyone. Yeah, good. Like he was the most concussed man alive. He played out the rest of the game. <laughs> I think um, of all the hoodoo games, though, this one in 2007, which Canberra won 30-6, to six, was hilarious. This was their one through seven. Uh, Will Zillman, fullback. Bronx, Goodwin, and David Milne on the wings. Marshall Chalk and Adrian Pertell in the centres. Marshall centers, Chalk. And a halves combination of Terry Campese and Michael Dobson. Was Michael it Marshall Dobson. Chalk who scored four tries on debut? Uh, it's his second game. That's right. And then he played another 90 games and scored, like, 12 tries. Yeah, yeah like, no, <laughs> no more tries. There's some proper boom rookies in there. Will Zillman and Marshall Chalk. I believe in so many of these players. I was yeah. talking to Dave on the drive here. Like, I believe in so many of these garbage Raiders juniors at this point. I, I loved I loved Marshall Chalk. <laughs> he yeah. was a big Marshall yeah. Chalk guy. I was huge on Zillman. I love Trevor Thurling. I love Josh Miller. Like, yeah. I just bought in these people. Sam Matterora. I don't know why, but I was just I bought into all of them. Yeah. They're going to be something, surely. Yeah. I was so always good. up and down on Pertell, and then in a Dragons game, Pertell scored a hat-trick. And I was just like, this guy's going to be the next Mullins. Like, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. It's like, you've got three things on your gauge, up, down, next Mullins, <laughs> no in between. And it's, it's, it's just an enormous novelty lever. <laughs> David Milne played like 50 games with the Raiders. I love he, David Milne. He could not turn in either direction. <laughs> but he would just could set, he go fast in one yeah, direction. Yeah, in one direction, go straight. Yeah. 
I like Phil Graham too. Then he went to the Roosters. I liked Phil Graham. He was what? a good player. Wait, we're just going to talk about the Raiders in another six hours. <laughs> That's what this podcast you've signed up for is. It's just Raiders chat. Raiders, yeah. Raiders um, Weekly. And so, but then, Dave, of course, the hoodoo ends with the Benji game. And oh. Benji had sort of his own hoodoo against the Raiders. So why don't you tell us a bit about that? So I don't, I should have looked this up. I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me. But Benji has lost, I think, two games in his entire career against the Raiders. Yeah. So he won a million of them against the Tigers. He was actually in doubt for that 2010 semi, um, the Croker game. Um, he was in doubt for that one all week and then like came good on the Friday and, and went and killed us. So he's lost, he's, he is 18 from 21 against you. He lost three of them. Yeah, and two of those are recent. Yes, two of those to 2019. Before that, he was one. Mm. One loss since 2004. Do you think the Dragons signed lost. him just to beat Canberra? Um, it's, it's not the worst tactic. <laughs> he, he beat us down here as, as with the Broncos at a time when the Broncos were dog shit and we were going well. And yeah, and, and still beat us down here. Yeah, that, so that t- game where we beat the Raiders, uh, Jordan Carr, who started at fullback, Tauto Moga and David Mee were on one side. The Haas pairing were Benji and Cody. Herman Oof. SCS, he started in the front row with Adam Blair. Like, it's not these are not bad players, but this was injury crisis Broncos. Yeah. Benji got it done, the old hood. And we were down at half time too, 16 to 14, and ended up winning 30 to 20. Yeah. Yeah, that, good game, for, if, if you ask me. Back yeah. when the Broncos could win things. I was about to say, is it, <laughs> it, it, is it early, early Broncos or 2020? Back when we could, lo- we could miss four players and not lose by 60. It was like, that was the thing we did. Don't remember, remember those days. <laughs> Don't know who you're talking I about. Think South should adopt the strategy that they should find someone with a really good record against the Storm and sign them. Because, as you know, that's... That's like some random Bulldogs player. That's the yeah. only yeah. team with a good record against him. Aiden Tolman. All right, get him, get him in there. Aiden Tolman, statistically the best player in the league. It's true. <laughs> there's, Des there's, has a folder. It proves There's a it. chance that there's a really dog shit radar from like 24 t- 2013 to 2015 that might have gone unbeaten against Melbourne. Because like, like that's the other weird thing about the Raiders. It's not just like the Dragons hoodoo. It's like it's, there's a few other teams. And like Melbourne's one of them. Like We didn't beat Melbourne home or away for a decade. And then Oof. the game that we did win was coming off the back of eight losses. And I think since 2011, we're the only team that has a positive record against the Storm. And like we've, I think we've won at Amy Park six times. That's insane. And the most any other team that's won there is something like twice. Do you know how many times yeah. South have won there, Dave? <laughs> Zero times. Do you know how many times they won at the old Olympic Park? Yeah, I was going to say. Zero times. At any, at any ground in Melbourne. It's insane. Yeah. Pretty much at the reverse stretch, like when the Dragons beat you one out of like 18 attempts, you had the exact same reverse stretch, stretch against the Storm. And then yeah. all of a sudden, the last couple of years, you just turned that around and just decide to beat them all the goddamn time. Yeah. Like, it's a thing you just do now. Yeah. <laughs> it's what the Raiders do. But it's just like, you, you guys have always been an entertaining team like that. There's always random hoodoos with, with the Raiders. And that's another yeah. one. There was, who's the other one? Was it Robbie Farrer as well had a similar one because of, obviously, stuck with Benji. Yeah. They just happened mm. to be. And then uh, P- Paul Gallen had a bad one against you guys as well, wasn't it? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, there was something like that. And I think I think you looked up during the week that um the uh, Warriors didn't win in Canberra for 12 years. Yeah, but no one talked about that one like they talked about the Dragons one. because well, no one cared about the, the Warriors. No one talked about the Warriors. <laughs> the Warriors just had a zeal. Come on, what are we talking about it's, here? It is just quite funny that all these teams, like obviously South and the Storm, you guys and the Dragons, and like the obviously and as well with Mitchell the Storm at Suncorp as well. Like there's just mm-hmm. certain certain teams that for whatever reason just have the wood over certain other teams. I think it's like what you're saying how like the Dragons guys like we're like talking about it in the media like that that rather than just being like oh no no there's nothing there. But uh, yeah. Cuz like cuz like when the in that time when the um Storm were beating us every time we would like Raiders would go into some of those games and like start well and then Cronk would throw an inside ball to Billy Slater yeah. and the entire team would just fall apart. I think with it it it, it is weird though because it, I think with some of them like obviously with the Broncos thing with right now a lot of that is how fast the deck Suncorp is and that they've had camp 
Cam Smith for all of those games. Yeah. It does kind it is kind of relevant. And that the, the Storm have a lot of players yeah, playing in Queensland. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But then and that kind of makes sense. But then you have the, the then there's just weird ones like there's been so much turnover in in the in the South team over the past fifteen years, and yeah. yet they've still never won in Melbourne. There's been so many that that Raiders Dragons t- that stretch like there wouldn't be many guys that played in all those games from two thousand and six or whatever on the Raiders side, none, none probably. Yeah. But that's and why yet it it's comes still over, there. Though. That's like, why it's that's why it's so awesome. If the like, Dragons keep talking about it like you mentioned, they did. Yeah, it's not going to go away. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you hear a stat, it's like, oh, this this like Premier League team hasn't won away at this ground since 1963, and it's like, well, yeah, well, none of those players were alive then, so why is that relevant? But it's it's just weird that it happens. Yeah. And this is this is. You're I not going to talk about Leeds, Bunga. You can try I and get in as much as you want. <laughs> and then it's like Bournemouth nil, Man City three. Oh, I said because I said Premier League club, so you thought <laughs> oh, I was yeah. Leeds. Yeah. Isn't go. that interesting? That's what I was saying. Um, Isn't that interesting? My favorite non-Hoodoo game after this, and I, I know it's a Raiders loss, but it's my favorite just because of. Mark Gasney is completely breaking character and screaming at Jack White and what are you doing? It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's iconic. <laughs> it's was so good. good. Oh, that was the lights out also, game. Was that a Monday that was, or a Thursday? Uh, Thursday it was night. A Thursday yeah. night. Round 10, Of course, if Gasney was content, yeah. And the worst thing about that was that Whiten pass for the intercept was the second most crazy pass in that play. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> was, there was 10 seconds to go in the first half of um of Golden Point. Yeah. Ball gets kicked down to Raffiner who runs forward and throws a flick pass behind his back on his own 30 metre line. <laughs> and then it works out and then Wyden's like, you know what? We can do anything. I like, <laughs> I like this guy. We're, we're on here. Because that was the lights out game where, the, was where that, 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 uh, that tower wasn't working. But that's, but that's how you got to beat the, the Dragons, have to beat the Raiders. It's the lights got to be turned lights off. Out. Yep. Jack Wyden's going to throw blind balls <laughs> down his and own end geez, of the field. Is, is the NRL the only premier sport in the country where a light tower is out and they go, oh, fuck it, we'll play anyway? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> we booked the ground. It's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. That's um, exactly what they do. Like it, they couldn't even like you know book someone to roll lights in quickly or anything. It's like no, nah, just play the bloody game. Everybody yeah. just everyone dry, get your just drive up onto out. the hill. Get your iPhones out. <laughs> <laughs> if this game was played, at, if this game was played at Newtown, at least you could drive up there and just shine yeah. your shine yeah. your yeah. headlights the, down. Don't the Sharks like never beat Manly at Brookvale as well? Isn't that another that one? That is I think? another one. Yeah, yeah. And then I think um, they, uh, do the Dragons have any other like any positive ones, Dale? Uh, no, we have no positive things. Oh, good. We have okay. a ro- we have a rotten record against the Storm as well. Mm. I most mean, te- come on, we're, all, fair, we're all saying this. Most <laughs> teams do. Yeah, but the South one is particularly remarkable in that they've zero percent win rate. I in seem Melbourne. to remember, like, not I by seem, accident. They haven't just won down there by accident. I seem to remember. Greg we were there. The, we were there the night that they nearly did it, and Alex Johnson stepped on the sideline. Sad. You, you're you're right. Uh, you, you have a good record against the Knights, twenty-seven and twelve. But you're right. It's almost like down the middle for half of the Dragons. The Dragons win losses records. So I guess even when they were good, they've, they were had, just... they've had lots of very good years where they were yeah. like they they were like what like twenty twenty-one and four or something. Yeah, you, you got a good one against the Titans. You can hold that up. Well done, Dale. Congratulations on having the wood over the Titans. You might be the only team with a losing record against the Northern Eagles, though. So you would. Oh, well, be. That's <laughs> That's my favourite trivia question because it stumps everyone. I ask, what's the only team Souths have a... What, which team does Souths have the best win rate against? And it's the Northern Eagles because they played Eagles, them once yeah. and beat them. Well, you're, kind of, you're pretty close to the only team they have a win record over, the Northern Eagles, but there you go. Other mm. um, great hoodoos in... Uh, sorry, parts of this hoodoo. Like, as, as Dave said, some of the lineups that lined up against that, that Dragons team, like, you feel like they could have probably run out the NYC team in 2008 with all those big rookies yeah. and might have won. It doesn't didn't matter that the, the Dragons you know, were perennial beasts for the next few years. It's just like all these games are great to watch back, and I know you can't really source that game. 
publicly. Maybe you can. Twenty eleven. I think it might actually the replay might be on NRL.com. I think it might also be on KO. So if you go to NRL.com, you can find that game. I think it is there. You can go back and watch this game again because it's definitely worth a watch. And I just want to point to one more thing from the Hoodoo. So 20, yeah. 2010 is like a real potential what could have been for the Raiders. So that semi final against the Tigers, Campo does his knee, Croker misses the kick, etc. The Raiders, if they won that game, were going to play the prelim the next week against the Dragons. Fuck. The Raiders were the only team to beat the Dragons twice in 2010. Yeah, wow. Um, and then they, we probably would have then gone to the grand final and got absolutely smashed against uh, the Roosters. But You might have won it. The Roosters weren't that good that year. They were just basically riding a Todd Carney wave. Yeah, but Wayne, oh, Dave, how would you have felt <laughs> to get pumped by Todd Carney in a grand final? <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> my God. One of the Raiders wins that year. I have to stop there. Nick Emmett started at lock. That is such a Wayne Bennett move. <laughs> stop, ev- stop everything. Nick Emmett played lock. That's such a Wayne Bennett move. Like, you know what? The boys are down troops. Nick Emmett, you'll fix this. <laughs> get in there, mate. Slap him on the ass, sort it out, Nick. But um, in in that 2011 game in the commentary, um, one I think was mentioned that um that Wayne Bennett after at the end of 2010 did say that he was really glad that they didn't play the Raiders in the prelim because he didn't think the boys um would have been mentally there to beat them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got an interesting quote from Neville Costigan as well. He said. It was really hard. It was freezing and you can never get used to that cold. You just have to learn to deal with it. Canberra are our bogey team, but we've got momentum and I reckon we'll get the two points. Well, another point for no momentum because right. they lost. And uh, he, he did play. Didn't Kelsey play for you a lot? Yes, he, he did. Quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get used to the cold? Like, also, yeah, and the end of that article says, Wayman, uh, 12 months ago, Wayman was knocked out cold after a head clash <laughs> okay. with a fired up Josh Miller. I'm just going to read out from the other 2011 ga- 2010 game that the Raiders won. I have to read this Dragons lineup out because this is over Origin Dragons lineup. So fullback is Jason Nightingale in the five. There's your one, first problem. One wing, yeah, is Michael Lett. The oh, other wing's Khalifi, Fi-Fi Law. This is... When Matt, was this? What year's this? 2010. Oh, Matt the Pryor whole Dragon team's playing Origin, basically. Matt yeah. Pryor in the centres with Cole Stanley. Halves are... Sowers still couldn't crack Origin at this point, unfortunately for him. Ben Hornby, seven. Front row, John Green, Trent Merritt, Luke Prittis. Back row, though, Ricky Thorby and Nick Emmett on the edges, <laughs> locking down those edges. Dean Young at, at lock. And then the bench, Jared Safi, Jake Marketo, and Michael Greenfield. That's a... Jake that is Mar- sorry, Jake Howell. Jake no, sorry, Mitchell. That's the Michael Greenfield. Sorry, the bench has three people on it. Yeah, because the other guy who didn't get off the off the bench. That's oh, right. I was going to say, they just have so few players that they <laughs> no, didn't have a Clearly, when that's your first player. 13, you're not wanting to take any of those blokes off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just got again, you just throw Nick Emmett at any problem and it'll get, it'll get solved. <laughs> Jake, Mar- Jake Marketo is very, yeah, very a- the, average Dragons. The game later in that year when they played them back in Canberra in 2010, that game was the Dragons had their... Their 2010 lineup. Yeah, was that um, but with Nick Emmett at lock. Was that 14? <laughs> was full strength. What? What was that 14-22 game in in? Where was that? Was that at Wynn Stadium? In, was I reckon the fourth bench guy might have been Alex McKinnon, because I remember. Yep. I remember he, he, he got injured was, in the warm up. They showed a camera of him like, oh, he played reserve grade earlier today. He's been called up and then. Didn't D- play. Dan Hunt ruptured his Achilles in warm up, and then McKinnon didn't take the field. Yeah, I reckon. Am, am I right? You are right. Oh, look at I, that. I, 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 I was at that game on the hill as well, and the, the you could have played. Well, the, well I mean, it, those years I was probably in much better shape than I am now. So um, those I remember at the point that Dave makes about hooting and hollering. The Raiders fans on the hill were doing a lot of hooting and a lot of hollering by the end of that game, and they like Raiders fans would go to Wollongong knowing that. 
Like knowing they were going to get a win somehow yeah. and we all knew that we were going to yeah. lose. One of the best party time atmospheres I've ever been in was that the second game in 2010 back in Canberra. So I think they were up 4-0 at halftime and we beat them 30-16 to 16 or something like that. In the second half, the Raiders scored four tries in the space of nine minutes. <laughs> My God. And and one, so one of them was Dugan uh, like collecting a dodgy chip and chase and running 70 metres and it was a, like that moment was the fastest Dugan's running his career and he'll never go that fast again. Mm. And then, then from the next set, they kick off to us Second tackle, Campo just throws the ball wide to Croker, throws it to Picker, and then Soward comes across to try and tackle Picker. And it wasn't as bad as the one where um, Greg Inglis um, palmed <laughs> him into oblivion, but it, like Picker at least palmed him into maybe like the second circle of hell. Yeah, right. Yeah. That, <laughs> or a big, that, big, trace, big Tracy oh, McGrady Picker. areas there. Now, you'd be shocked to hear this, Dave. I also believed in Joe Picker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all had Joe Picker time. He got his ring. Yeah, there you go. Um, Oh, yeah, Joe Pickett was in the South's 2014 Premiership squad, I good think. Good on him. Good on him. I think it was. He, is that right, Dave? And yeah. played as many, yeah. of that, many units of that grand final as Isaac, Luke, and Nathan Merritt did. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Contributed just as much. Why? Wow. wow. Um, I just want to mention before oh. we finish up, I always want to read Sean Fenton's numbers from that finish game. You in a it's like peak Sean Fenton. It was 13 runs for 90 metres, so he got folded often, but. Five offloads, 57 tackles. They just, mate, just tried his heart out. How many, do, do you have the errors numbers there? Because I'm pretty sure he put the ball down at least four times. Well, look, let's not get into the semantics. <laughs> and and, and one, he did. He gave away. He put the ball down once and gave away two penalties. There's, yeah. one, there's one more thing that I want to mention. There's a game, I don't know which year it was, but I was, when I was looking at all the Raiders Dragons, thing, the halftime score was 6-5. I was like, How That's that the kind of out? shit that I'm here for. And I looked into it, and yeah, the Raiders were up six four, and in the last seconds of the first half, Soward kicks a field goal. <laughs> yeah, just, I, I again, re- that, we, we don't we don't want to leave that you leave this podcast without knowing that Jamie Soward could kick field goals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I want home. I want to read out. So I have one more thing that I found in the digging through the archives about the hoodoo. Pro- this is the funniest thing I read because it's peak like stupid superstitious fans. The Dragon Army has promised to sacrifice its best-known banner. This yes. is the best Should St. George Illawarra finally vanquish the Raiders' curse at Canberra Stadium on Monday night? The unmistakable Great St. George Team supporters banner, uh, whose unveiling coincided with the introduction of the GST in July 2000, has become an institution at Dragons games. Yeah, the mental, last time the Dragons defeated the Raiders in Canberra was on the same day the Howard government introduced the then-controversial tax 12 years ago. Our Dragons Army member Peter Trad was convinced that leaving the sign at Canberra Stadium after a victory would formally rid his side of a long of the long-running jinx. We were pretty adamant that the curse is the, because of the GST banner, he said. I love how self-important these people think they are. Yeah, to the, very to true. the results. And he's such a coward that they did then beat us in, in 2014 and he's still fucking and going still to there. Yeah. that banner. It's well, still there. The thing is, he didn't own it. He said, if we do win, we're all going to bombard Mark, the guy that owns it, and convince him to finally let go of it. Man. But I wouldn't be surprised if I see him trying to sneak it out again. And then Wendell Saylor at the end of that article said, everyone knows there's a hoodoo, just look at the record. Wendell Saylor, smart man. Um, just read the 2011, 2011 uh, season. I know we've dunked on Bungard a little bit here, but... What yes. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is just before we go. Before just we go. before we go. A, a, a lighter note, uh, top point scorer in that season, Chris Sandow, seven field goals. Wait, you thank you for bringing some, something nice. I don't like right. it. Let's do something else. South suck. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. He kicked a field goal from halfway in Golden Point against he the did. Roosters. He did. He did. And it ruled a lot. And then he got... That was actually... Uh, then he got signed by Parramatta before the end of the season, I think. And I was devastated. And then a young uh, tattooed child by the name of Adam Reynolds came into my life. And we never looked back. Uh, was, that, was, that was only like three years before Sandow was playing like... 
for yeah. Wenty on Well, it was weird grand. because like 2011 with, it was John Lang and Chris Sando and then suddenly it was Michael Maguire and Adam Reynolds, two people I didn't know much about, but it worked out okay. This is too yeah. much of a South Lovian. I'll, I'll just probably end it by saying... Don't. You're not allowed to... <laughs> no. We, no. No. Don't. We'll just, no. We'll, we'll just cut that no, in. Right. We'll, we'll just cut that Do in. Do not mention... If you say the words Josh Papali, you, I'm throwing you off the balcony. <laughs> Don't worry, it's, the, it's only the first floor, mate. Your, your knees will be fine. They only had 12 men on the field and he still did it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, say goodbye, say goodbye, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Bunker. Say goodbye, Dale. Goodbye, Dale. Say goodbye, Dave. Catch you, man. Forever. And it's goodbye from me. Just before I let you guys all go, a little bit of an epilogue here. In our Raiders excitement and uh, excitement in general, having the great Dave on the podcast, we obviously forgot a couple of things that we're supposed to do. Firstly, you might have noticed the mix is a little better this week and we've abused our fantastic fan base again with uh, Benno Wallace stepping up and providing a nice little mixer for us with four mic inputs while we still wait for our other mixers to get delivered with the coronavirus outbreak continuing. None have seen to be in the country. And secondly, forgot to shout out the great people on Patreon when Dave was one of those great people. So... Anyway, if you want to get behind the boys on Patreon, you go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. And shout outs for those who are a Boom Rookie tier and above Patreons or patrons. That's Jack Snape, Thor Laycock, Jace G, Belmore Forever, Debbie Fisher, Tom Hardy, Alex Sergicomi, Bert Andrews, Jason, Wayne Ritchie, Simo Alley, Ty, Warwick Ahern, Roxanne Clark, Michael Murray, Carlo Tyson, Maddie McPee, Chris Abnell, Dan Cullinane, and Dave. And that's goodbye, Mitchell, again from me.